you're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski. Jackie Hoffman is our guest again. Right. Yep. I, I go to New York and I just love talking to Jackie. That's just the way it is. Uh, we've had her on well once before and what's ended up happening was we couldn't find the... The interview. So, you know what? Let's do another one. Jackie's been in Kissing Jessica Stein, Birdman, Inside Amy Schumer, The New Normal, Girls, 30 Rock, and dozens more appearances on TVN and movies. Yes, on Broadway, she's opened Hairspray, Xanadu, The Adams Family, and was a standout in On the Town and Once Upon a Mattress. Yes, she's won an Obie Award for her roles in David and Amy Sedaris's The Book of Liz. Yes, she's done many solo performances, and yes, I've toured with her at Second City and put up shows with her in Second City. But Jackie's a wonderful force, a dear friend. This conversation is honest, funny, grounded, real, and very Jackie. Strap yourselves in. Could you, could you, do you think that you could do that? I don't think I could do that. I don't know if I could live in a country where I'm not funny. <laughs> do you remember when, I don't, I don't know if you remember this. Maybe you do remember it. I don't know. Uh, Katie wanted to move to Lithuania. Your kid, the ring in the nose? Yeah, Katie wanted to move to Lithuania. And she wanted to move to Lithuania because she really loved it. And I was like, what would I do? And she said, well, you'd, you'd learn Lithuanian. And then you teach comedy. I'm like, oh, it's that easy. It's that easy. Is it? Is it that easy? And then I learned I, I learned about the language. The language is one of the hardest languages to, to... I fucking couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't... I could not... Well, you don't think that you could be funny in Israel? Are you kidding? Well, I wouldn't... I'd have to master the language. But How close are you at right now to that? Uh, at all? Barely. No, I, I know... Do you speak Hebrew at all? Yes. Uh-huh. A little bit. I could string a sentence together, but if you translate it directly into English, it's going to sound like, is art thou biblical crane? You know, it just won't. I learned, I took, well, but you went to Hebrew school forever. Yeshiva, you? which is you much more Yeshiva. intense in Hebrew school. Right, right. And were you the funny? But they don't focus on the modern Hebrew language. They may now, but it was, you know, you would learn your biblical studies in biblical Hebrew and some beginners you know you learn Hebrew so I have like a base I love learning Hebrew base. I loved it I loved it I'm glad I you know with all the restrictions and all the craziness I'm glad I had that background to completely stray what do you mean all the restrictions and, and traumatize my family the, the, you want I should pull over a table the kosher I just didn't want to make a noise when I put this down oh, um, so I can do right. that I'll mind. do that no I mind because it, it's oh. clunk um, I love going to Hebrew school I loved it but then again, I went after school, so I didn't go to yeshiva. Yeah, I did that. I did that too. The Hebrew school after public school, and it was a little creepy. And then I would cry because it was dark, because it was late, late at night in the in the winter. But you know, and they were they they were like Jews with no clues. And I came from yeshiva, so I came from like a hardcore atmosphere vibe. And then the public school Jews really knew nothing. So it was a cultural. You were you were you were adrift in this culture that. So, should have worked but didn't work okay yeah yeah you yeah. know what I mean yeah. like for me I felt the other way because we went to uh, we went to uh, a place called Ezra's Israel which was conservative uh -huh. and we went after school and right. I had no idea what was going on everybody was everybody was wearing the the, the payas and the uh, and the uh, they, they had the payas and they had the, the kippah at a conservative Hebrew school it was kind of conservative orthodox wow all the teachers the teachers ah. the teachers and the principal and it was all very cold and it was three hours and I hated it and then we went the other way to Reconstructionist oh, which boy. had a woman rabbi and I remember doing boy. things like I swear to God doing things like um Making art projects and uh, uh, wood blocks, and it was like that didn't work either. And then we eventually went to reform, which I just adored because it was it was about thinking. It was about you know like really getting down to to philosophy and uh -huh. getting down to. And I fucking love that yeah. shit, and I think it changed my life. It, yeah, it really changed it my life. It definitely it shaped mine for sure. Well, it was such a big part of my life. You would have loved uh, Talmud and Gemara class. Because that's complete analysis. That was like, exactly what it like was. Legal. I had a teacher, and I think I mentioned this before on the podcast. We had a teacher, and we can't. You might think it's bullshit. I had a teacher came down in the the basement of the show where our class was, and he wrote on the board. It was the first thing that he did. He wrote on the board, "Why are you here?" 
and, and chalk. And then he put the chalk down and he said, this is not about in this room. It's about why are you here? That's wow. the question. And then he Kosher erased Kierkegaard. And then he erased it and we went on to something else. Yeah. Wow, and, that's very and cool. It, it stuck in my head forever. Not that I had to answer the question, but it was a great question. Yeah. I never we never did the questioning existence. I think that that's more, more my the, education was more like you exist exist as a Jew. You know, we never were invited to think about that. I loved it. I was there. Yeah, that's very cool. Fifth grade Because he's treating you like adults, which that's is very exactly cool. That's exactly it. Exactly it. And I love being treated like adults. And I also loved the freedom that came. Not the. I felt. I felt free. I, I didn't feel like they were pushing anything on me. I never felt that way. But if you're so you were you were raised conservative, orthodox. Orthodox. Did you did you ever feel that you were? Well, so did you you feel constrained? Looking back on it now. I grew up in a unique <laughs> atmosphere because I had, it was me and three other siblings and my mom and dad, and between all of them, every possible stage of Judaism, of hatred of Judaism, of rebelling against Judaism, of embracing Judaism, from extreme, extreme, extreme Lubavitch Hasidish to like, fuck you. So it was, we ran the gamut. So every Shabbos, every Friday sunset to Saturday sunset, my dad, God bless him, it's his death month, he would run around the house, God damn, lights on all the time, fucking voodoo, voodoo, you know, and because they had to leave the lights on, and my mother who came from a religious home, and, you know, so there was that conflict, and, and then I went to a really orthodox yeshiva, and then I didn't, and then I, so it was so many phases, and so much confusion, and so much massive conflict. What do you what keep from that? What was the question, that? even? Well, what do you keep from that? It doesn't matter what the fucking question is. I kept a lot, I kept the conflict and the neurosis and the confusion. I but, kept all that, but I think I kept a base. I'm glad I had this super Jewy, you know, but it's almost frustrating because now you see how much the rest of the world, and including myself, the curse is you know that everything you do is something you shouldn't be doing and that everything you're supposed to do, you're not doing. So there's that knowledge, which is kind of a curse, and it never leaves you. I would imagine No matter that... how much you defy it and marry Goyim and eat pig and, you know, work on Shabbos, it never leaves. You know, oh, that's hogwash. I'm in Bill Maher's camp. It's ridiculous. It's, you know, it never, it doesn't ever leave. There's always that, like what my mother would call a pintle yid, that spark in your soul, which is like, it's wrong. <laughs> Um, I totally understand that. Not that I have it, but I look at it, but it doesn't make me go, it, it, where you go, mm. but I've stopped. Well, we never did it. We never kept kosher, ever kept kosher. We never did the lights on thing. It was just a totally different way of growing up. Right. And Which yet, is how most people. Yeah. But, but I, I look at all my friends. I look at all my friends and I think, I look at all my friends and I think, we, it made us, we were all reform. And so we were able to, to chat and we were able to have pizza and we were able to do all those things and still be Jews. Mm -hmm. and you I can have tell kosher you, pizza and chat and still Yeah, be you can, but we also had, you know, cheeseburgers. Right. Like that sort of thing. And it never, it never got in the way. It never, ever got in the way. And, but that ping that makes you go, should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? So when you think about, for me, I also think about, the lifestyle that you and I have, certainly you growing up uh, being so yiddy and and then and now having this lifestyle, it must really be a it, it is with you all the time because you are doing so many things that that are contrary to what it is that you how you grew and up. And I'm very grateful for it for this very strong base. Grateful for most, oh, the base. For, mm -hmm. Yeah, because most people I found like 98% of Jews don't know. They have, and it's sad when you hear people grow up now and they don't know what it means. They uh -huh. don't know what the hell it means. And what they the hell They know means. culturally I'm a Jew and I don't, mm -hmm. and they don't. So I think it's defined more like things like Shabbos and keeping kosher. It helps define it. It made it very clear to me what it meant, what it is. I, I've, I've been really struggling with religion a lot lately. And the, because there's so much, there's so much. It's in the news so much, and I feel like what's going on with the presidential campaign and what it means to be a fundamentalist and evangelical and and the LGBT community and all this and the fucking fingers on people's backs and 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 it just it bugs the yeah. shit out of me. I think a religious, a, a very religious, God-centered way of life 
can be a cool thing and you can be an incredibly compassionate person and a cool person. I think that's possible. I don't think most people have that combo. Well, how would you combo that? I mean, really, how would you do that? You can totally combo it. You can, like, observe Shabbos and keep kosher and, 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 but you've and got to be gay pe- tolerant. And but you have to have somebody, you have to have a parent or a community that will, that will embrace that. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you can be an independent thinker and embrace it. But yeah, the community helps. Yeah, yeah. And also the thing about the community that, when I, at, being at Second City, like being Jewish at Second City and like lighting the Hanukkah candles with Joyce and going into her office and like wishing each other, you know, happy, happy Pesach and mm-hmm. all that stuff and bringing in Nasharai and having, you know, uh, it, 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 I give, I tend to give Jews slack. And I said that to Gary. I go, if I meet a Jew, I'm going to give that person slack. And it's theirs to lose. Uh-huh. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And so and when I'm, I'm su- afraid to even say that on the air. Those Jews. The Jews. They stick together. But, Aren't, yeah. and, but, but, but then when you, when you see somebody and you think, oh, they're not Jewish. And then you go, wait a minute, you are? Like Rachel Hamilton, where you look at Rachel and you go, she can't be Jewish. But she is. And you go, you don't look, and you're from Texas. How did that happen? You know? Whereas, like, you and me and Garland and it's and Richard we Kine. scream Jew. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. But that's cool, though, the Jews coming in all shapes and sizes. Oh, I totally agree. I absolutely right. agree. I absolutely agree. I have a memory of you when we were talking about scheduling an opening or scheduling a show, and they gave us a date in April, and you said, uh, just, 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 just for the record, uh, April the 7th is Passover. And... Fran said, yeah, December 25th is Christmas, so. And I was like, ah, and here's the rub. Do you not, so you wouldn't work on Yom Kippur or you would work on Yom Kippur? I have not, I would not, so far I haven't. And there have been many times when it, where it's really like. <laughs> you have not? You've never had, you've never had. I've, I've, I've turned down work several times on Yom Kippur. I think I crossed the Rosh Hashanah line, but I don't think I've crossed the Yom Kippur line yet. It's a big one. Yeah. And I've bought, you reminded me, I've bought a menorah backstage on Broadway shows and stuff, and I've lit it backstage on Broadway, and the, some of the cast will stand around, and it's like I might as well be going, you know, and lighting something <laughs> on fire that's not a candle. Because I get, like, the, like, it's the craziest thing they've ever seen. I fucking love it. I love oh, it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, me even too. though it's a minor of the holidays, I know that I, it's the one thing that if, if I can keep it going the mm-hmm. entire like eight days, I am, it's awesome. Yeah. So We heard the Megillah together. We went between shows on a Saturday night. We did two shows on a Saturday. And between, we went to a Megillah reading at a Lubavitcher guy's house. And he read it for us in 20 minutes. And, and Wait, you and I? Heyman, you and I. Where was this? In Chicago. There was a Lubavitcher, because I was, I was hanging with the Chabad, the Lubavitch people in Chicago. Uh-huh. Who were a lovely couple, uh, where did we go? I don't remember. And any the of this. wife, I remember the wife is a beautiful Moroccan woman. And you went to shake her hand, and she said, uh, "I don't." And you said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." She says, "No, it's not. It's modesty. That's what." The, she was lovely. They spoke French to each other. Their kids were fucking assholes. Where was it? But Jack? they were lovely in Chicago. Chabad of the Loop, it was called. And you and I went on. We, on we got a cab or something. I don't remember how our transport was, but I remember like zipping there between shows and him reading the Megillah really fast. And then, you know, when he got to home, we hey, hey, hey. We <laughs> let him lock out his name. I love that so much. I I'm remember. Glad I, I brought it back for you. I I, I remember going to when I was in uh, Geese Theater Company uh, through prisons, doing the prison gig, and it was Yom Kippur. And we were in Philadelphia, and the the director of the company, uh, John Bergman, we were like, we we, we got to find a shul. We got to find a shul. And we found a reconstructionist shul with a female rabbi. I know, I know. Uh-huh. With a female rabbi who rocked, oh. who just took care of us. And it was it made me cry Aww. because, again, it's home. Yeah, no matter like where you familial. are. Familial. Right, yeah. right. And it's the same thing with Second City. When I find out that somebody's from Second City, I I gravitate toward that too. I gravitate towards that person. There's too many of them now. Well, you know, but but I love, you know, uh-huh. there there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. The crazy shit that's going on now, Jack. I don't know if you know what's happening. I don't happening. know anything. 
uh, just within the improv community, there's just sexual harassment. Oh, that I that did hear bullshit. about. See, I'm not on the face fuck. Yeah. But someone did send me, and I heard, and I heard who it was about, and I was totally appalled. It's shocking. Shocked. It's I shocking. I don't necessarily, yeah, and I'm a woman who doesn't necessarily believe in accusation of sexual harassment. Is that okay that I even say that? That's fine. Am Julie Larson. You know Julie sisters? Larson? Julie Larson said know. the same thing. She said the same thing. She essentially said it, you know, the same thing that you're saying. But I look at that and I go, because I'm thinking about it, I, it never occurred to me. No, when, can you imagine? I know. And in my day, if everyone I've sucked off, I ended up accusing, I would. there would just be an endless roster. Right. It was just so different in our day. Like, you didn't, you had, you know, yeah, there was, you know, bad sexual treatment and stupid sexual shenanigans and stuff like that. But it never, it didn't, it wasn't in our world no. to... To make a an issue, it wasn't it's such a different. I also feel that people were, were there. We were really lucky, Jack, in the, with the companies that we had. Yeah. We were really fucking lucky in the companies because those companies didn't have those type of people. They weren't. I never felt like anybody said anything untoward toward anybody. Yeah, it, I was usually the one saying it. You were usually the one saying it, right. and in that way, it's like that's gender free. But you know, in that way, if it's untoward, it's not. A, it's not. It's not. A gender untoward. It's like that's the way that you treat women, and I gotta tell you, it's fucking me up. Not what we what went and, down. But how tragic is it? Like, hey, baby, want to make it to the top of the improv community? I mean, it's like it's like sleeping with someone so they can wait a better table. <laughs> it is. It is. And you go really, but there are. But it also says about it says about the culture, but it also says about the state of the industry, or the industry. You want to call it an industry? I'm being very gracious. Uh, the state of the industry in that people are desperate to get on these fucking house teams to be able to get themselves seen. And I'm like, where did this come from? It didn't. I think when people, you know, when people of that generation hit, when the Amy Poehler hit, and people like that, and, and Horatio Sounds hit, and then it's like. Yeah, that's what I. You know, we're all hungry for that shit. So we see it. We see that it could happen. We right. see that it could happen. So how do I get that? How do I get that? I'll do anything to get that. So that's the. It's a driving. Were force. you like that? I don't remember you being like that. I don't. Well, I well, have no ambition. Let's not talk about that's me. bullshit. When I think I, about I, people, I have no fantasy, but no. no ambition. No, no, I don't. I'm not buying it, Jack. I'm not buying it because mm. I use use you as an example of someone with fucking ambition. I do. I do oh. all the time. Because you were this the one. This was our last podcast. Let's let's. Make I don't it remember different. our last podcast. I don't remember it. At well, all. that's interesting. I remember everything. I Thank know you, you do. You do remember. I just I don't remember. I don't remember. This is what I know. And <laughs> did we talk about it? We talked about this ambition. Did we talk about it last time? Yeah. It's disappeared. The that podcast disappeared. Uh. I don't know where it is. Seriously, um, it went in the ether and then it got sucked up in the. Do they all ether. get lost or just no? Mine? Yours is the only one that I know so that it never got aired? lost. No, it did air and then it got lost. So I don't know what it was. So well, forgive like me. Evita's body. There are only a couple people that I did that I've done twice. Uh, Rose uh, Abdu, she interviewed me. I interviewed her, but she interviewed me. And then I had to re do a redo with Austin Tishner because something happened. Um, but I use you as an example. Forgive me if I if I'm repeating myself. You always knew what it was that you wanted to do, didn't you? But yeah, doesn't everybody in show business know what they want to do, and that's why they're I going didn't. to a horrible business? I didn't. Well, mm. oh, you're talking about the 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 big the the painting with a very wide brush, saying I want to work in the business. So I have a smaller brush. It's more specific. It's very specific. Right. The brush that said I want to do Broadway because I always remember you saying that. And one of the things that went, and when you would say that, I never went. Oh well, how could that happen? Um, what I went was, oh, that's gonna happen. That's gonna fucking happen. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Well, because it, it, I don't. I never saw you. It's you and Colbert and Carell um, and a couple other people. I never saw you as not, as not as being confused about why you're on the earth, you know. Um, and the work that you did, and I, I just went through. Oh, that one scene that I sent to you. Um, uh, but there were also. I went through all of my. I went through all of my Second City shows that I have on videotape. I don't know how, I don't know what a person is made of that they could do that. I that to did me it. would be like a punishment. Well, I did it because I really loved it and oh, I loved watching that it. Where is your and the God songs. Now, Charlie Brown. Well, that and all the songs that you know that uh -huh. you sang and all the work that you did. And so it was always so obvious that the the, the, the musical um, verb that you have and your musicality and your stage presence, it fucking was all there, Jack. So when 
Laura and I went to see you, and I do get choked up about it. When Laura and I went to see you on a do on the town, I was I was crying, and I was crying because like that's my friend up there, that's my fucking friend up there who is doing exactly what she's always done, and now she's doing it where where she wants to do it. You know, so I look at that and I go, "You've always knew what you wanted to do." It closed. It did close, as all things. So now do. I have no reason to be on the earth anymore. Uh, well, you did the show with Lipsinka. Uh, the mattress show, yes, um, and star, and that was and star. And now I'm flying to LA to do a humiliating old lady role on the Gilmore Girls. Uh, did you have you done it yet? I did it twice, and now I go back for my third. Who's do you, uh, who's in uh, anybody that I know that's in a scene? Because I know Rose on it, and I know this woman uh, Keiko, uh, 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 Agena, um, Asian woman. Um, that's the only two people I know that fucking show. The my scene partner, my acting partner, is a guy named Charles Peterson, I believe. Is that his name? One of these been around forever. This is who I get paired up with. He's got to be eighty, but who he's of course you know one of these delightful people, of course, because he's from you know delightful people generation, and and it's it's an honor to be working with him and he's great you know and of course the stories you know oh that's a fucking love my that. cousin saw this woman across the room and they were the to they she so she saw a man across the room and they were the two tallest people so they she he said I don't know my name is kind of a curse and she sw- said what is it and he said it's Franklin Roosevelt Jr. you know like stories like that not like you know not like I I you know, I'm hearing shit like that. So that's nice. <laughs> I love that stuff. You know, yeah, I work with Milton Berle. And I'm, again, that's one of the one of the good, great things about L.A. too. I mean, it's here, but there you're like, you know, you, it's fucking old Hollywood. I remember there. doing a show that was a takeoff of, um, it was a takeoff of a, a QVC, one of those home shopping network shows, uh-huh. and it was produced by. Oh my god, I haven't thought about this in a long time. It was produced, executive produced by uh, Merv Griffin, so he was there. Um, Tom Poston was there. Oh. Betty White was there, and all these old, not, not, maybe they were Borscht Belt stand-ups that were there as well. It was just a, a bunch of old people in a green room at the Beverly Hilton, at his Beverly Hilton, Beverly Hilton. Beverly Hilton at Merv Griffin's place and he came in every once in a while and it was just fucking sitting backstage. You were in the same room with these bodies? Are they live people? Exactly. And sitting and and having Tom Post and you know say like all like growing up here and and, and like all the fucking work that he did here in New York and it's fucking crazy. Awesome. Yeah it is and that's when you're like as much as I wake up hating myself every day and believe me I do. But as much as that happens, then it's moments like that where it's like, pinch me, I can't fucking believe my life. You know, and that gives me a little like, okay, okay, that's a reason to be here. And it's an interesting thing because I don't know that you would look at that when you do shows, where you look at, you would say, okay, so the vision is I'm going to audition, I'm going to get a callback, whatever. I'm going to audition, I'm going to get a callback, I'm going to be in the show. It's not, I'm going to audition, I'm going to get a callback, I'm going to be in the show, I'm going to talk to these awesome fucking people. And the last show where you you introduced me to the to the to the, the conductor and the makeup person and the dance captain and all that stuff and I'm going these guys have fucking stories as well uh-huh. so it's it's like the tip of the iceberg is the show but underneath that underneath the waterline it's, it's a it's a world of history it really is true and somebody sent me um, uh, a guy named Sam Wasson, and I mentioned him in, in the podcast with Gary. He's writing a, a, a show. He's writing a book, and he's written like he's written a lot of. He's a he's a well known author of biographies and things like that. And he's writing a book about uh, the a genesis of Second City improv, just how improv works. And so he has been talking to like he talked to Kelly and he talked to and he talked to all the SCTV people and he and I spent about six hours on the phone talking about product and process and people and all that stuff and he looks at what at the generation that we were in and he calls it that generation the golden age of improv he does he does well it was you and Carell and Colbert and the Meadows and the Farley and the Amy and the Paul and the absolutely yeah. but it was also 
Dell was somewhat sober. Right. You had the Pasquazes going that, on there as well. Yeah, you yeah. had the Joel Murrays. You've got, you know, uh-huh. all those people, Tim Meadows and all those fucking people. But it was all about the, it was about, it was crazy, Jack. What, what part of that, again, we go back to, you want to call it an industry. What part of that we were part of. Yeah. And we were. Right. It's like when I watch, I think I, I may have mentioned this last pod. But we were watching the Golden Globes a couple of years ago, and Jody was here. We watched it together, Jody, and we were watching Jill Soloway look all shiny and winning her award, and we're seeing it. And she's, look at who we know! Look at who we know! And I'm like, fucking, she fucking, that one fucking, not me, fuck! Yeah, so that was with the different, and that's what Jody kept saying. Look right. at who we know. I look feel at our lives, way. look at who we know. I, I, and looking at the Academy Award, you know, like Adam McKay won a motherfucking Academy Award. What was it for if it wasn't the for the screenplay? Short. Right. Uh, uh, best, best director? Best adapted screenplay. Oh, okay. I believe that that's what it was. Oh, I believe wow. it was best adapted. Uh, because uh, best director was The Revenant. Right. Um, which was much better. Who directed me page. for One Line and Birdman. That's right. And I got to tell you, I know I said it before, but man, Laura and I were listening to that. We're watching going, that was Jackie. Jack, it was just, it was just, your, it was just one fucking line. It was like, that's, Jackie, it was so awesome how it just stuck out. What's amazing is how many people are like, "Would you? Was that one? I knew it was, you know." But right, how did my shrill? How did you do that? I mean, did, how how did they? I stood on a balcony for a few hours and shouted. It looked like it was woman kind on, of the, green actually the character was named Woman on Balcony. Woman on Balcony, and the Oscar goes to oh, did, was Jackie it? Hoffman for Woman on Balcony. <laughs> Didn't uh, Terry Gross mention it? Apparently, Terry Gross interviewed Michael Keaton, and they played that clip. And I think that clip really summarizes show business. That's what I love. I mean, that that line. Show business. Yeah, you people are full of shit. I mean, just that to get to say it's just so it summarizes everything. Is this for real? You're shooting a film. Shooting a film. You people are full of shit. <laughs> Only thing that made sense to me about that whole film. <laughs> but I think she said, which is classic, I have to use this in a show. She said to Michael Keaton, do you know who that is? And he's like, some actress. I don't know who she is. <laughs> Jackie Hoffman. Some, some actress. actress. I, don't I don't know, know who, who she is. is. Oh, my God. This it... girly, one of the Gilmore Girl girlies, very young, very pretty. She's the star. Uh-huh. And she said to me, uh, she, she comes up to me, what, what's the thing we would know you from? We were trying to figure it out, and we can't. We can't. I said, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know how to answer that question. Because most of the time that people think that they know you, they're actually thinking about somebody, Shelley Berman. Uh-huh. You know, they're not thinking. It's like, no, that wasn't me. This girl, I guarantee you, was not thinking of Shelley Berman. No, I'm sure that she wasn't thinking of Shelley Berman. You know what, Jack? You know why? Because people aren't named Shelley anymore. <laughs> Men aren't named. Yeah, yeah, women too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Laura pointed out that um, people aren't named Gary anymore. Really? Gary. Is Gary disappearing? Gary's disappearing. My dad used to point out that people aren't named Guy or Blanche anymore. No. No. Uh, but they're named Mason. Mason. Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, any uh, uh, Blake. Blake is a good one. Um, but growing up, there was Shelly, Michelle. Mich- a lot of Michelle. A lot of Michelles. Maureen. Nobody's named Maureen anymore. I don't yeah. think so. Um... Let's and see. Steve should be, like, the word Steve should be like the word nigger. It should be against the law. <laughs> you can't say Steve. You can't. It's outlaw. Why? It's just too much. There, what do you mean? There's too many Steves. There are too many Steves. <laughs> What's your husband's name? Steve. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to make sure that we said that. Um, <laughs> um, Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl. Allison. Uh, you know I've gone out with. Allison's getting a little later on the, on the uh, edge of our generation. I've gone out with four Lauras. Wow. Then the four one Laura. now is Laura. The one Are now you is married? Laura. No. Oh. No. No. But that's four Lauras. Um, but nobody's named Jordan. David's going to be around for a long time. David, Daniel. Yeah, David's like those, a classic. Yeah, David, two, Michael, Steve yeah. are classics. Right. They won't go away. Jeffrey might be gone. Jeffrey might be gone. But I don't, you know, Jeffrey will be gone. Um, Gerald, my dad's name, gone. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's no child who is an infant now named Gerald. Gerald. There's nobody. There may be. I don't know. 
Maybe a black family? Some, yeah. Some people are going old school and doing things like Lucy or Harry, which oh, I love. You know. Those are great names. This is what I think. Uh, and I've said this before, I think. Uh, people, are, people are named these names, Lucy, Harry, and then they disappear, and then they become dog names. And then they become human names again. So they have to go through the limbo, if you will, maybe not limbo, of that. My, grandpa- my grandfather was Alex and Sam. So Alex and Sam... That's very contemporary. That's, that's very contemporary. That's very so they were, yeah. they were those names, then those names went away, and then they became dog names, right. and then they became, they gender switched, and now there's Alex and Sam. Who are girls, too. Who are girls. I think of Sam Bennett, who is a girl, um, Samantha Bennett, and she, again, going back to the people that we know, she is... A motivational. Yeah, she still does that. That's she still nice. does that. Yeah. And I love that. I love people. I love our friends who are doing things like fucking writing books. Did you grow up with a lot of people who are like other people who of your of your circle who are now they run that program that everybody knows about? Anybody? Oh gosh. Yeah. Because I think about. Um, Oh, he was the CEO of Twitter. Um, uh, uh, I just can't remember. That's awful. Um, but it was one of those guys where you went, he, he's the CEO of Twitter? Wait, the CEO of Twitter? And you go, yeah, the CEO of Twitter. And you go, how did, what? How do, how do people do that? Yeah. He's got to be a wealthy person. Yeah. He we doesn't do it anymore. You know, there's a, uh, there's a, 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 comic a monologist and writer in, in town he's a real New York guy Mike Albo who I love him and you'd fucking love him and he said you know I've never done anything that's hit like nothing I do hits like I did a puppet show with my thumbs and now it's a show on Nickelodeon <laughs> and that's his line that's like the people in my family they don't nothing hits really no one no one but still people are making a living but it just hasn't hit well in my family barely but uh-huh. My friends more, yeah, making a living hasn't hit. And some have hit. And look at who we look at who we know. It's crazy. It it's is just crazy. fucking crazy. So when you look at Colbert, what are are you watching that show? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes me too. But I he seems to be and he seems to be more, you know, he cuz he's such a what I love is that his compassion and his menchiness exudes through it his sweetness it exudes and it's not just late it's not late night asshole and he'll be you know he'll have Broadway musicals on and he'll or he'll switch into a number he'll do things with more compassion to to a bigger community it's not a comedy asshole no scene no and and I think also that's someone who said I'm going to this is my voice and I'm going this is what I'm going to do. This is my voice. I'm going to do this. Whatever was happening before, that's fine. God bless. I'm sure a lot of people say, I'm going to do this, and it doesn't work out like it worked out. Well, how is it that somebody like Colbert is able to, to really make it happen? Yeah. If, I mean, well, how is that? Well, Colbert's not like, I, I think we discussed this last time, that he's not like the rest of the species. I mean, he's an no. exceptional, he's like a kind of a superhuman. He's got... An IQ that's so fucking high. I just remember that. And he's, you know, everything he touches turns to gold. I can't, I can't. Except for his acting career. He didn't really have an acting career, per se. Did he want an acting career? Who wouldn't want an acting career? I mean, it was a path, and he went on this path, and things just happened. Right. Right. But I don't know that Well, then that's nice. Let's have that thought. Let's have that thought that he failed at something. Okay, great. Because I'm just helping you out with that. I'm helping you out with he, he failed at something. Um, and I think that he'd probably be the first one to say that, too. Um, maybe? I don't know. The idea of him wanting to be... Carell, I could see being a movie star all the time. Really? Uh, yeah, all the time. Fucking all the time. All the time. And I also could see people that we don't, that, that we don't see very often. I know exactly why they're in those positions. People that that gave up just totally gave up. I'm like, I can see that you are just a bitter person, and you you are a bitter. Well, no person. one's more bitter than I am, though. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of people that are bitter. There are a couple of people that are so fucking bitter, and they bitter themselves to the point where it costs them their function. It co- exactly, and now they're now they're doing something like um, uh, a bartender at mm-hmm. a hotel, 
and they're doing that for their life. And that's fine. That's fine. Um, I, that's fine. I'm going to put a period at the end of that. Uh, I mean, I'm always surprised at, at working. I'm always surprised at getting work. Me but too. But I fucking work. Me I, too. And I feel, in my best days, now that, you know, that I'm so much older and wiser, but I, I like, like, don't, even though, yes, there's still the wake up hating myself for not being someone else, which is like runs through my, in my blood. But it's like, think of this. Wait, wait, is that not, jealousy? Is that what you mean by that? Um, yeah, part jealousy, but what wish I were different. Wish mm-hmm. everything about me were different. Uh-huh. Um, but the, it's more, sometimes on my best days, I'm like, think of it as a game, you know? Yeah, quiet, 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 quiet. Bing! Advance to the next spot on the board. You know, right. get to get further, closer to death, closer to the relief. But here's a thing. Here's a feather in the cap. Mm-hmm. It's like a survival kind of a game. And what are you doing to make that happen? And the, and this one, I'm, oh, what are you God. doing to make that happen? Isn't and time up. Well, but the reason I say that is this: oh. I don't stop fishing. I fucking don't stop fishing. You were always a big fisher. I love fishing. Who's uh, you know who's in on that? Who's who's doing that? Who's doing that? But then again, I don't I don't do the industry stuff anymore. I don't have a manager. I don't have an agent. Wow. I don't do any of that, Jack. You're free. I don't do fucking any of that. So any work that I get, I get. Right. That's amazing. And you don't have to pay 20% of your gross income like no. I do and end up with nothing. I end up with nothing. That's amazing. I, that's I, very I admirable. I have no... But that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm a, and acting jobs you get without... Uh, but acting, but it's also... I, I just tour around the world doing my classes and yeah. being in shows so I don't I don't give I'm never home long yeah. enough to be able to audition and when I do audition it's more along the lines of I went to an audition the right. other day and who was there it was a uh, and I sat and I knew oh you know I'm probably not not gonna get this gig um, but I, I'll see people that I like and I sat there and sure enough <coughs> um, Michael Stoyanov was there and Todd Stashik was there and other people that I you know other people that you know, uh-huh. those people who I don't see at all. I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? Uh-huh. And then I walked, went home and fucking forgot it all. Yeah. Just let so it the fuck go. Oh, you're in the, a perfect place. You've made your own, you know, it's your own thing. I made my own thing. Now there are times, but I don't stop. I don't stop. I don't stop. Like, hey, what's going on? What's happening? Can we do some promotion on that? Can we do promotion on that? This podcast thing gets me nothing other than I get to sit and chat with somebody. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no sponsored by. There's none of that. All that it is, it's is not a Mark Maron career propeller. No, but I never saw it that way. I, I think that if you start seeing the end of it, I even think Mark Maron didn't realize what the fuck was going to happen. He just did it. Right. But I think that if you look at it and say, "Oh, what's the end result going to be?" You're missing out on right. really what the fuck you're getting. Right. And I use that to cripple myself. You know, why do this? It's not going to turn out like so and so. It's not going to get me that. Why bother? You know, and then so you sit you here and it? you watch Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. So, but you you still you still get out. You still have you have faith, right? It it wavers, but it's there. I must have faith. Mm-hmm. Something keeps me showing up. Right. And it must be that you're cuz you, you'd kill yourself. I would kill myself. If you were me, you'd kill yourself. No. <laughs> if the, the idea of, like, what's the point? I'm never going to work again. It's not going to happen. What's, you know, uh, and then uh-huh. you know, to live in filth, which you don't live in at all. But to, to get to a point where you're going, um, there's just no point. No, nobody's ever going to give me work. That, that thought used to come into my head where whenever I would get a gig, I would think, is this the last gig I'm going to get? Yeah, well, that's a classic actor thing. I mean, that's a classic every actor thinks that thing. I don't, I don't think that anymore. I, as long as I can make a fucking phone call, not a phone call because I don't call, but as long as I can make an email, as long as I can keep having my dropping classes in LA, as long as I could keep performing mm-hmm. and there are people that, you know, that, that are working with me, I think I am going to work. I'm going to fucking work. Yeah, well you are because you're not dependent on other people to give you work. No, no. Which is a great position to be in. Yes, 
but we're all going through that starving thing. I don't know how you guys do it in New York. I fucking don't know how you do it in New York. I would just want to, I want to, I get off the, the, the train. I'm like, really? Can you bump into me for no fucking reason again? I don't <laughs> uh-huh. know why you're bumping into me. Yeah. Are you trying to pick my pocket? Or do you have to have your, 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 your phone allowed while you're watching some YouTube thing? You're living in a city with four fucking billion people. Zip it. Mm-hmm. See, and I think of sobbing trying to back out straight out of a driveway. So it's, it's everybody's <laughs> so got their cross to bear. Uh, do you, uh, uh, when, you go to, when you go to L.A., are you doing Uber now? Or how do you get around? Cause you, or do you rent a car? No. Now, well, the latest jobs, now we're playing the geriatric card and they drive me. Okay. Because I remember. Because if they want me to get to work, they uh-huh. have to drive me. Uh-huh. And otherwise, I don't. Now I'm glad Uber's popular there. I don't, you know. But now they've got me at the Sheraton Universal, which is the Hearst fucking castle, and you're you couldn't be more isolated. Oh, you so can only go to City there. Walk and get Bubba Gump clam. That's a horrible. That's horrible. It's so sad. It really is. City sad. Walk is so sad for a place that's supposed to be happy. It's just so depressing. It's one of the worst places ever. Yeah, I remember no, the last it's time. It's so I was... dated and, and up and now. Well, I don't want to get. No, I, I don't want to get. Well, sued. I will. Then I will. I will. I will say this. The last time I went, I went with my friend Tammy Smalls, and we went to see uh, one of those horror movies. And I can't remember what it was because she loves going to see horror movies. And so Tammy and I went to see this horror film there, and it was a hassle to drive up there. It was a hassle to park. It was a hassle to walk. Bloody bloody bloody. We finally found the place, and we're sitting there, and it's a horrible. It's just. Like a very scary movie, and there was, and we hear, I hear crying behind me, and it's two it little, me? it was two little girls, and their dad's like, Daddy, this movie's scaring me. Why are we here? It's like, because mommy doesn't want us to come home. And it's like, oh, Whoa! no, oh my god, that's and I was so like, How could sad. it be worse? Oh, it was so, and I, so. I don't know how people do it. And that's one of the things that I do when I'm traveling. I'm like, here's the thing. You do not put me up in the Hearst, you know, in Xanadu. I know, but I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I I have some some belief in myself as being worth something that I'll say, could you get me an aisle and not a window? Could you get, but I didn't say, can you change the hotel? Uh, I, I think for, I am going to call some great suggestion to see if I could call for a fridge. And the, they don't, there's, you're, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing, especially there. There's nothing. I've been put in hotels in LA where you can actually, you're near sidewalks and you can walk right. and you're near business and you're near life. That's what I need. And I you're need near, that. No, this is, yeah. this is bad. No, I've, I've done, but I, then again, I'm not at the whim of a studio. For me, I'm setting it up and I'm saying, okay, here's, here's the contract that you give me. Mm-hmm. I get to, I, I, I have to be within walking distance of the gig and I have to have restaurants near where I am and you pick me up at the airport. I do not take public transportation in and you drive me to the airport again when we're done and that's our deal. Um, and if you don't want to be a part of that, then uh, we'll, we'll make accommodations, but realize that it's, it's everybody's going to be happier uh-huh. when I'm happier. Yeah, but I isn't that my... nice to have the balls to speak up for yourself like that? That's great. I don't. I don't want to be fucked over. I remember being fucked over at yeah, one gig old. where it's like they put me up in one of these over uh, uh, extended extended stay America. Have you ever been in there? It's, but it's, that's a place. Yeah. Well, isn't it's that hotel, nice because it has a kitchen and it's like more like a home. This was this Jack. It's it's like it's uh it's a chain link fence from being a minimum security prison. It's one chain link fence away from being a minimum security prison. And I remember I was doing a gig in I was doing a gig in Miami and they put me over there and the groundlings got this fucking beautiful Miami Beach hotel. I'm like Do you know who I am? Yeah. And they moved me. Because I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. Good. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do it. You know what, Jack? I'm not, not gonna, gonna do, do it. it. You know I'm not gonna do it. You know what, Jack? Were you in... You, I'm uh, fucking pass you, Jack. I'm pass you. You know what, Jack? You know I'm what, Jack? I'm not going to do it. You know what, Jack? I'm not going to do it. I remember... I was, I've told this story, and maybe you and I talked about it, when we went to the Daniel Boone Motor Lodge 
in in Kentucky or something. Wow, we went to the Daniel Boone Motor Lodge. We went Lodge. to Daniel Boone Motor Lodge. Did it have the Coonskin hat or something? Yeah, I think on the it yeah. was it was one of these motor lodges, and I remember yeah. you being in the back of the van, and I don't remember who else was there. It was either Christina, Don, or it was Liza Coyle, and it was Colbert. Uh, I'm sorry, Carell and I, and I can't remember maybe who else was there. The Kooky South tour. Colbert was on the Kooky South. Tour, I didn't do I a, a Kooky South oh, tour with Colbert. Okay. I did one with, with Carell, and I remember driving up, and I remember one of those women, not you saying, um, oh no, we are not staying here. We are not going to stay here. And they called Lynette, who was in charge of the tour, and Lynette wasn't there, and it's like, we're staying here. And I've told this story before, but we're staying here, and we go into the hotel, the motel, the motel, and I check out the room, and Carell and I check out the room, and I'm about to toss my bag on the hotel bed, and he points out on the duvet, there's maybe a three-foot blood stain and we went fuck that and we left and we went to a fancy hotel do you remember anything? I remember you being because you would always drive the van and I think this is the same story and you said I hope you're going to enjoy our pool and we all went yay and I think you took us to a comfort and that was really nice yeah I want to be treated nicely I want to fucking be treated nicely and I think being in the touring company you realize you know what I'm going to be treated nicely because the touring company didn't necessarily treat you nicely but I remember Colbert and all Colbert and Amy Sedaris and Paul Donnell, like they fucking Greg Holloman, they got the fucking nice tour, Jack. They would always get the they would always get like this fancy tours and we get the bullshit tour. Of, yeah, I didn't realize there was a hierarchy in the touring companies. Well, if it was, it would figure that I was at the bottom of it. Well, and then I was with you. I was there at the bottom of it. You yeah. and Kenny Campbell and I were at the bottom of it. Uh but, you know, it it feel like we're passing through all that stuff I mean I feel like you do that and I didn't do it I didn't I didn't hate touring did you hate touring no I knew it wasn't gonna last yeah it was you know and age has so much to do with everything what do you mean well being younger you could take more of a beating right right but it was just you were in this you were thrown in this world where there was a uh, there was a hierarchy, and you knew you were at the, you know, oh, the touring. You Did know, you get you bitter? Did the, you get bitter? I, I, I was born bitter. I know, but you didn't. But if you were born bitter, then then the place didn't yeah, make I you mean, bitter. Yeah, I mean, part of it's so, it's so stupid. Like I was offered a company and then backed out, and then I was the only person who probably quit a higher position and took a demotion or something there. You know, to make my career move slower. That's what I mean about no ambition. I'm talking anti-ambition. I'm talking negative ambition. I never felt like I needed to go into Joyce Sloan's office and say, when am I going to be given Yeah, up? and I like did that, that a that, lot. That, no. It was so stupid. It was... It, it, it was just part of the... It was part of the ritual. Right, it was part of the ritual. I also felt really blessed to be there. I felt like... You know, yes. looking at, I felt fucking blessed to be there. And I really felt taken, I felt, I felt taken care of. Yeah. I felt like every day that I was there, if it ended on that day, Dianu. I remember, right, and I remember her telling me that they were probably going to, yeah, Joyce, and that they were probably going to keep me, use me or whatever, and she's, well, would you work at the back office? And I said, I would be honored to be here in any capacity. Mm -hmm. And then later regretted it. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know. Did you work in the box I office? I should have said, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's gonna she's gonna throw that out. Uh, but I also look at people who like I look at Garland, you know Jeff Garland. I look at Garland and the and and him being go he didn't belong. He didn't belong there. He did not belong at Second City. Yeah, it was an odd fit. No, it was a really really odd fit. And I felt like it was when somebody when there is an odd fit, it makes it tough for everybody else in there to do to do something. You know, it makes it, it made it really hard to do a show with him, you know? But here's No, you cannot stroke my beard. Uh, right, exactly. You know, I've said tuna salad nine times in that scene. It's like, yeah, but you know what? We're trying to get a fucking scene going, dude. We're trying to get a scene going. Um, did you do Curb? I did one Curb, and oddly enough, when the girl from Gilmore Girls asked me where you remember me from, I was like, I don't know, a lot of people point out a Curb, but I said nothing. Mm -hmm. And it was a Curb where they didn't let me speak. And it was kind it's of hysterical. like, yeah, and and it's amazing how many people. I mean, it's classic with all the shit I've done, where I've been allowed to speak and sing and talk for an hour. You know, like oh, Kurt. 
And do you, what's the business here, like, in New York? Like, are, are they doing, what does that mean? Are they doing, are they doing television shows in New York that you're on? They're doing television shows in New York that I'm on. There's one that's on tonight, actually, that I'm on, that I've never knew existed. But you, what? What is it? It's called Elementary. It's like some cop show. Oh, is that? They do TV. What kind of question is that? That's so fucking insulting. What is it? a L.A. question. Are there television shows in New York? I don't know. No, no, no. What I'm saying is this. I don't mean to say that. What I'm saying is this. I don't know what's filmed where. I don't know what's filmed right. where. So well, neither I'm do I. I just, I, I don't, and I blindly go where I'm sent. And are you a television like watcher? A, like a nun. I go where I'm sick. And, but are you a television watcher so you know what the fuck a show is no, when you go No, I don't. I'm not one of those people in the business. That's I'm aware of everything, and I should call that person because that's a good fit for me. I, I Minimal effort. Minimal effort is my credo. <laughs> oh, I go here? All right. Do I have to go here? Can they offer it to me? No? All right, I'll go here. I was never a squeaky wheel with the agents. I felt like, uh, whatever you want to give me, I feel grateful. I'm do whatever you want to give me. But I also felt like, why is everybody else getting something and I'm not getting anything? What the fuck's going on? Uh-huh. I was never that squeaky wheel. It's like, oh, by the way, I see that they're casting blah blah and you've got blah blah coming in. And I'm like, yeah. no, ah, oh, fuck, I just can't Yeah, I'll do be only that. if I hear something, you know? Right. I just can't, I can't. Oh, it was so. And much then work. you get, you know what? You're better off because the more you, you push for that, the more the information's gonna hurt you. So and so, they said I'd be perfect for this. Yeah, they, I, I talked to them. They don't want you. you right. Um, I was. I auditioned for um, uh, 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 whose line is it anyway? So many fucking times. And then when they came to town again, I auditioned for it. I asked, I called my agent and said, um, I, get me on this. Get me an audition. And she called me back and she said, they know who you are. <laughs> that's a big one too. Yeah. They know who you they are. They know who you are. I always say, that's, so I say, you know, it's not like they don't know me anymore. They know who I am and they know that they hate me. <laughs> oh no, no. Oh, it's just so fucking hard to do this shit sometimes. Yeah. And like my accountant, I, I, party, I don't know how you do it. It's like your job is to look for work. You know, it's like your job. You're always looking for work. It's like your job. All right, shut the fuck up. Aren't you opening W-2s for an hour? I work. Exactly. Well, there's also, I, I don't, uh, I was talking to Gary about this yesterday. The idea of, uh, having an office job. No. I used to think maybe I could, but I can't. That was my non-acting stuff was office. I never waited tables. And I think, I mean, if God forbid I can't make a living at this anymore or everything dries up, I am fucked. I can't, like, what the fuck else would I do? I, I've collected unemployment after Broadway shows. And sometimes you have to go, you know, you go for an interview and you act like a real person who's actually looking for a job. And I said, is there anything in train announcing? <laughs> I'd like to announce stops for trains. I was thinking about that today because everybody, there are four different people telling everybody in the subway. And I'm like, who, how do they hire somebody to do that? It's like, give it to Carla. She's got a nice voice. Is that how they do that? Is that how they do that? Um, I'm reading a book now about the Chelsea Hotel, the building of the Chelsea Hotel. It's oh, a great book. Cool. It's a great book. And there's one guy there, there named Harry Smith who was getting, who was on the dole. And so he had to go and do this. And uh, to do that, like, you, What's are, you, are you looking for Podcasts? work? Are you looking oh, for work? Uh-huh. Are you looking for work? And he would, uh, and it's like, what's your, what's your field? And his was um, uh, urban taxidermy. So he put that down, knowing that there's no fucking way. Urban tax. Urban tax. There's no way. So you stuff any, city folk. You don't stuff animals. It does. It's two words that shouldn't go together. Right. And so what he did, he's like, no one's gonna have me come in for a job interview from urban taxidermy uh-huh. because there's no fucking such job. Those were the nightmare things when you got unemployment compensation. You had to go to a fucking office and wait in line. And, and then you realize how most people live. You realize you you remember that world, right? Of that corporate when you sit in a classroom. It, you realize how it it really totally makes me, you know, realize how unfit I am for most of society. 
how I just don't fit in. Like when you sit at desks in a formation in a classroom atmosphere and someone's giving you instruction and someone, I'm like, oh my God, this is what people fucking do. <laughs> Regular people. Right. You know? and, and they're okay with it. And they're not only are they okay with it, but when it's not mm. that, they're like, right. what am I supposed to do? Well, it's fine. You know, Gazenta hate. It's a good, honest living. And I admire people who can do it. Uh, I don't know. Could you do anything for eight hours now? I couldn't. Oh, I look at I look at somebody saying, "Can you? T- I could t- I could do two I could do two classes, uh, three hours each with an hour, so I could do a seven hour day." But could I do it five days in a row? Fuck no, unless I was making two thousand dollars a morning. But no, mm-hmm. no, I don't. No, I can't do that. I, I, you know, you, rush hour here. Rush hour here, rush hour in, in L.A., where people are in their cars. And I think lately I've been thinking a lot about that lately because I just can't see being in a car for that fucking long in order to get to a place where you spend two hours of your day traveling, eight, nine hours of your day at work. Like, do you and Steve spend a lot of time together? We try not to. Sometimes it works out that way. Uh-huh. Because I do like being home. Yeah, I no, like we're when very Laura lucky. Home. We're very yeah. fucking lucky. And to spend time with, with each other and to be able to... Like, for me, I fucking love that. And I feel like one of the reasons that I do that, one of the reasons that I have this lifestyle is so that I can spend a big chunks of time with Laura. To find somebody that you love in your life and to realize it's not... It's about the, it's about the work, but it's, sometimes it's not about the work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about the g- domestic hanging out at home. If you were to choose between the love and the work, what would you pick? Like, if you were to pick one, Laura oh, will go away Christ. forever. Or you couldn't improvise ever again. Oh, why would that happen? I don't know. I always picture horrible I, scenarios. I, 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 would that mean that I would get work and then Laura would go away? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like, what if, yeah. Mm, she's my co-producer, so I'm gonna. I'm oh, gonna, you know, you've for me, merged those lives. All right, you don't yeah. want to answer. The no, question. but it's also I don't know when that would. You know, somebody said, "Would you like to eat a bum's vomit or right, to be right, stuffed right, right. into a box?" Yeah, with, those kind of questions stars. I don't think of. I, I look at both those. And I go, "That's the same <laughs> fucking question. That's the same question." Like I don't. When would you be putting that? What horrible world would that be? Well, there's a lot of single people who have no love in their lives, and they have a thriving career. And there's a lot of people who are can't fulfill their dreams but are in a good relationship so it exists uh-huh. in those situations do you think that the people for me I look at that and I think that adults would say I have chosen to do I have realized through my life that I am uh, I am to lead this solitary life in order for me to fulfill my life my love of my craft I don't think that they go well uh, what's the point I'm never gonna well maybe some people do I don't know I can't be cynical like that how long have you been married? Eight years, I think. Eight years. Eight years. I love having somebody around. I love, yeah. I fucking love it. I mean, now, like, without it, it's unthinkable, even though sometimes I'm like, what the fuck? It's hard. The, to be with somebody? Is yeah. Hard? Yeah. Yeah. And mine's the easiest, you know, I'm the evil one here. I mean, I and I know it. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, 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 I love the life that I have. I really, really so love it. So you live together, I take We it. live together. Yeah, Laura and I live together. We live together. And I really love the life that we have. And I feel like it. I have gone through a lot of relationships, you know, being married for 14 years. And this is the first time that I can say... You were married for 14 years? 14 years, Jack. Wow. You were at my wedding, right? I was at your wedding. Yeah, 14 years. But I feel like this is really a time right now where it's like... I don't, I, there's no, there's no dread. There's no fucking dread. I can't do the dread anymore. So I don't have it. I don't have it. The dread of, of what? I don't know what the fucking dread is, you know, whatever, like that argument that I'm going to have, or Uh what are we going to do about money or all of that stuff. I feel like, and it's what you said earlier about when you're younger, like all that stuff seems to be like such a big deal. But as you grow, grow older, you realize you're going to, it's going to work out. Do you believe that? I think, yeah, with growing older has definitely brought me a certain more of an at peace and a more of a what the fuck, laissez-faire attitude. And But it's also bought a kind of a, 
it's also brought kind of a hopelessness too. In what way? And like, oh, you know, when you're in your 30s and 40s, you're like, okay, I've got this dream. I'm living this dream. And then more in your 50s, it settles into this. Is, this is a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you, not, you, but, let's just wait to die. But, now it's the, just about waiting to die. But I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. Playing the game. I'm not and like, I'm oh, not can this it. little I'm acting thing, can but something you, happen that'll make me look like I'm working before I die? But you're fucking working. Jack, you're working. Okay, this you're is like the last working. podcast. Let's what? go back to Judaism. <laughs> Isn't it? It's, it's been an hour. Yeah. All right. But you're working. Yes. Yes. Thank God. All right. And let's end there. Is there anything in train announcing? I'd like to announce stops for trains. I'd pay to watch Jackie Hoffman announce trains. You would too. Thank you, Jackie. Here's a list of my workshops. Details at davidwasaski.com. As always, I'll be at our Hollywood drop-in when I'm in L.A. Interested in what I teach? AK Studios, Wednesdays 4 to 7. Two spots left for the April 15th to the 17th U workshop at the Wilma Theater in Philly. April 23rd and 24th, it's a Viewpoints workshop in D.C. at the D.C. Improv. April 30th with Kirkland Moody. I'll co-teaching a commercial audition workshop at Zydeco Studios. May 6th through the 8th, I'll be in Bozeman, Montana, teaching at the Verge Theater. May 13th through 15th, I'll be back in San Francisco at the Pan Theater. ADD Comedy with Dave Rizowski is produced by Laura Parker and me. Like our show? Give us some love on iTunes, won't you? Send questions and comments to Dave at addcomedy.com. Thanks, and we'll hear you in our ears. <laughs>